Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today we have Netflix's 90th film. It's the 2018 romantic comedy Alex Strangelove. It's directed by Craig Johnson. It stars Daniel Doherty, Antonio Marazzali, Madeline Weinstein, Weinstein, I stuffed that up again, Joanna <laughs> Adler, <laughs> William Ragsdale, and Daniel Zogardi. I'm Jesse, and as you can hear in the background, giggling away, we've got MJ here with me. How you doing? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I love the fact that <laughs> last week when you were introducing, saying, oh, look, next week we're doing Alex Strange Love, and you read out some cast. You sent me a text later on saying, oh, look, I was recording at home, and it got really dark, and I couldn't read the names properly. So that was your excuse <laughs> as to why you couldn't get Weinstein correct. And then you've gone and done it again. <laughs> this week, I've got no excuse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> woeful, but that's all right. So we um, have another rom-com. Seems like we've had a few of these recently. Uh, yeah, there's so been a rom-com. few at the moment. We talk about it all the time that I think this is something that Netflix should be doing lots of because this is what people want to watch when they're sitting at home and they don't know what they want to watch and they don't want to think too hard. And um, But they haven't got it right very, very much. So it'd be interesting to see what we think of this one. Ooh, seems like you're leading into a little bit of a, a spoiler alert. We will spoil this film oh, cool, um, as we cool. as we go. So I'll um, put that out there early. So if you want to watch the film, haven't seen it, go watch it because uh, we're about to start with our fast flicks where we actually do our own little summary of the film. So MJ, uh, what's your fast flicks for Alex Strangelove? Yeah, cool. So I've got uh, what starts off as a high school movie about losing your virginity turns very quickly into a story about a guy discovering his own sexuality and questioning whether he's actually straight. Good. Um, yeah, you've, you've gone into some good detail there about what's going on. Um, as usual, mine, mine's basic and I, I just wanted to put it together in a line. And I just said, it's a rom-com about discovering who you truly are. And, and I know that that doesn't give away much at all or really, really go into anything else, but I just, I just liked that line. Yeah, well, it's not wrong. Hmm. All right. So uh, film history or anything that we've learned about this film, you're usually our expert in uh, this area. What what to be able to find out about <laughs> Alex Strangelove? Um, I'm our expert at scouring Wikipedia and IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I, I found this quite interesting in the sense that um, Craig Johnson, who's the writer and director, um, basically had this film going for about 10 years. So, it's, it's partly autobiographical for him. Um, mm. Obviously, the details of it change a little bit to make it into an interesting story. But, you know, he kind of had this incremental coming out process that, in his words, took him into his 20s. And he kind of had the idea of this roller coaster of sexual confusion being condensed into one senior year of high school. Um, and then he always had the idea to make it into a really fun like a classic teen movie or a high school sex comedy, but, you know, with a little bit mm. little bit more thoughtfulness behind it. So he started writing this back in 2008. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, obviously being really close to the subject matter, and I think he punched out really quickly. And then throughout that time, he was trying to get the film made, and, and it took 10 years before he could actually do it. So throughout that 10 years, he continually continuously revisited his script and, you know, a lot changed in the high school scene in, in 10 years, right, between 2008 and 2018. So he yeah. kind of kept having to adapt to that. Um, and then it got to a point, I think it was 2016, where uh, Ben Stiller and his production company, Red Hour Films, uh, decided to take on the film with Craig Johnson uh, to direct it as well. Um, 
and then STX Entertainment came on as a distributor. But then they negotiated with Netflix, and then by April 2017, Netflix had acquired the distribution rights. XTX continued on as a production company, and then they cast Daniel Dahini as the as the lead role. So that was the most important role for them to fill, and they didn't want to fill anything until they could find a guy who basically you could believe was going through this same decision in his own mind: Am I gay? Am I straight? Am I bi? Um, and when they locked him down. They basically started filming uh, or started principal photography a month later in May 2017. So it then uh, had its world premiere in San Fr- at the San Francisco International Film Festival on April 14, 2018, so about a year later. And then it was released on Netflix on June the 8th. So it's kind of had a little fun journey, and, and, and I, I like this backstory. That, I, yeah, I, I enjoyed just sitting back listening to you, you tell it that way because – yeah, I think it's fascinating. And apart from what you've explained, that there's not an awful lot more that I like really um, could find out about it. Um, and, I, you know, I saw like in the credits, I was like, Ben Stiller was involved. I was like, that's really, really cool as well. And um, yeah, and yeah, it's just, yeah, I thought, yeah, you did an exceptional job there of filling <laughs> us, myself and the audience in on, on how it was made. So yeah, it's a cool there, story. And, and I, like, I love, I love hearing things like as soon as a director says something like, this is sort of based on my own story or, you know, I've learned from my own experiences. You know that there's just a little bit more heart involved and there's a little bit more truth involved and there's probably a little bit more blood, sweat and tears in it. So, you know, you're trying to write your own story and obviously you're always going to change things because it's a fiction, fictional story. But um, And this is obviously something that I discovered after I'd watched the film. I had no idea about this prior to watching it. Um, yeah. So you do take a little bit more out of it. I think it's interesting that Netflix came on board because – uh, Craig Johnson was was not worried, but he he was pitching this movie to studios that were kind of like, hey, could you do this as a PG thirteen movie? You know, because you know you do that, we'll finance it. Mm. Um, and he was really big on the fact that it, it's it's about love and it's about sex, and you can't really talk about sex authentically if you're constrained by that PG thirteen rating. Um, so there was no other way he wanted to make it this way. And as we know at Netflix, they basically make up their own rating system and. Um, yeah. It doesn't have to be governed by the, the wider party, which which I found interesting in the, in when I watched this film, that it was rated MA. It said MA rating, and it said like I can't remember what it was. It was like strong strong sexual references and strong strong sex scenes or something. Strong themes and strong sex scenes. Um, and I was like, oh wow, what what am I getting myself into here? And I guess as soon as you start talking about this kind of content, you you want to safeguard yourself. Yeah, hundred um- percent. And yeah, this is another one of those Netflix films that uh, was held off in Sweden. <laughs> I was, I was to add that in. It didn't get released till the day later in Sweden. So um, yeah, I was just like, oh, good old Sweden. I really would like to know why. Maybe they just have like a bigger release day, whatever day of the week. Netflix usually release on a Friday. I think maybe their bigger day is on a Saturday or something. Um, yes. Well, Netflix, Netflix do release on a particular day of the week, don't they normally? Yeah, it's usually about 5 p.m. Australian time, which I think equivalates to about midnight Friday US time. Um, so I think, and that's the same with um, with theatrical releases, so not even with Netflix. So I think movies are released on Fridays in the States, uh, in the States but we obviously get them on Thursdays here in Australia, but... Um, let's. I'm assuming Sweden just likes to release it on that day of the week as well, and it's probably yeah. not a lot more to it. If anyone knows, please let us know because I'm intrigued. I'm massively intrigued. Have you? Uh, have we looked it up? Yeah. We, we should probably look it up. 
Probably should. I should. Yeah, I should probably actually <laughs> do a little. It's got to be that though. It's got to be. <laughs> Surely it's got to be. It's got to be. Uh, so it filmed in and around New York, and uh, you know, it didn't really need like you didn't really need to know the location, I guess. But um, no. just for anyone that was interested, that's that's where they filmed this one. Uh, consensus time, I think. I think we're yeah. We should talk a little bit about how this was received. So what what have you got from um from your end, MJ? So it's got a 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb, and that's off just over 13,000 ratings. 6.3 is a pretty good score, um, and it isn't as reflective on Letterboxd, which is a 2.7 out of 5. And that's mm. actually got more ratings than IMDb with, with over 16,000. That really surprised me because we often, we occasionally see Letterboxd has more ratings than, than IMDb with more of your artsy, filmy, Mm. film nerd sort of film and this is this is a romantic comedy a bit of a high school um sort of teen comedy i'm really surprised by that number but the letterbox community didn't like it as much as the the imdb movie going community uh, and what do you usually what what's your take usually on the letterbox community mj because i, I want to hear you say that again oh well, I, I say it's it, i don't like the way i term it but i say it's like you're filmy <laughs> like if you're on letterbox you're obviously a big film fan right like we love letterbox because we get to log and we get to make our own watch list and keep a track of the films that we've seen and uh, i think good. we get the guys who love their films and read their reviews and all that kind of stuff on letterbox good i'm just setting you up for later on in the show when i want to talk about something about letterbox so oh good i was wondering where that was going <laughs> like, there's nothing technical to the way that i described it <laughs> no, it's just a big setup for later on that uh, okay, something cool. else i want to talk about uh so rotten tomatoes rotten tomatoes it was on 80 percent uh on 25 reviews right which is fresh which yeah, which is pretty good um the audience was at 70 percent, so a little bit lower um and but just like 599 so just under 600 people had got onto rotten tomatoes to review that uh and 91 percent of google users enjoyed this film so nice. a, a, a bit more on the positive end um on the rotten tomatoes um scores yeah okay i noticed remember you said last week that the or whether you said it on air or not but you, you definitely heard of this film and you you sort yeah. of knew much about it you hadn't seen it though had you Hadn't seen it, but I'd heard positive things about, and the the only reason I'd heard positive things about this was because when we'd done some of our previous rom-coms like Ibiza and um, what was some, some of the other ones we've done recently, uh, oh, we're already yeah. forgetting what they were, but the ones that we've sort of looked at recently, like Dude and Candy Jar, oh, yeah. when I was doing, when I was doing the research for those films, they'd often said like, you know, this falls in comparison to Alex Strangelove or so mm-hmm. that, that was how I knew about it. And I was like, oh, cool. I've got something to look forward to because okay. when, when we're looking into those films, it was like, you know, <clears throat> this is a, a, a positive sort of, um, yeah, Netflix rom-com. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. All right. I think it's uh, time for us to jump into our early thoughts Yeah. And before we, we kick it off. So MJ, what are your, what are your early thoughts on Alex Strangelove? Um, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, albeit not quite getting everything right. Um, I thought the story was a pretty good one. Uh, it's an interesting take on it. I'm probably going to be unfairly comparing it to Love, Simon a little bit, and that's because they released around the same time with really similar subject matter. Yeah. Um, it definitely didn't take me to the same emotional places as Love, Simon did, and I'll probably get more into that when we chat about characters, but... I mean, all in all, it was all right. There was a really important story, and I, and I respect that first and foremost. Um, some nice messages around acceptance and perception, and time to time, it just felt a little bit kitty and a little bit cheesy in its storytelling, um, where I just didn't know where it fit. Where it was trying to be like a 
high school losing your virginity film. It was trying to be like a really important story about, you know, heterosexuality and homosexuality and, and where that lives in teenagers. And But it just kind of kept falling in weird places where I couldn't quite put my finger on it. So that's probably my criticism on it. But okay. um, yeah, I, I didn't have much of an issue with it. Okay, good. That's a good sort of overall coverage, I guess, of of yeah, yeah, where you're feeling about it. Um, what about you, mate? Rom- well, rom com. What? <laughs> um, I'm I'm probably the the one on here that doesn't like the rom com um, as much as as you at times, I guess. But I absolutely love this. Um, mm. I, and I you know love Simon as well. I saw that um, in the cinemas when it came out. And um, I thoroughly enjoyed that as well. But this one, like, I, I haven't been this excited or, or pumped up about a Netflix film in a long time. Uh, to me, the, the characters were believable. Performances were really good. Like, yeah, there's there's some cliches and some stereotypes, but I thought it was, like, so nicely done. And and this was funny. Like, this was probably the, the most I've laughed at a Netflix film in a long time. So yeah, I'm, good. I'm very positive. I'm very, very positive about this one. That's cool. So when you say this is the most excited you've been in a long time, you mean to talk about yeah, to talk to you about it because before I'm, watching, yeah. yeah, no, yeah, not about, yeah, not prior, but after I watched it, I was like, I really, really liked that film. That was really good. Um, That's awesome. So yeah, so I was, yeah, so I was, I was like pumped. I'm, I'm excited to talk about this one. I'm looking forward to to you taking the reins and and, and giving that positive energy to me because I did like it, but I'd certainly not in the levels you did. Nah, good. All right. Well, that, that's going to make for an interesting discussion. I hope, and <laughs> we'll start we'll start that off with our characters. So. I want to start. I'm going to start this one off with Alex because I, I've and obviously you've, you've got to talk about Alex because he's the in the title. His his character's <laughs> name's in the title, <laughs> and they they set uh, to me they set his character up so well and gave him so much development throughout that you didn't like you just picked up on these little things throughout that didn't need any further explanation because some little tiny thing that you'd seen before had already developed him and told you that and i just really appreciated mm. that and thought that was really good um i you know they, they start him off as being the class president at school and this massive mm. sort of nerd he loves his wildlife and and at the same time that they they sort of show this comparison where he's a massive stress head really uptight you know he's got to have everything absolutely planned mm. you know dot, dot dot his eyes tick tick his t's whatever that saying is and and you know these, these worries and concerns um you know these are these are concerns that most people have about you know not being able to measure up and and you know just just struggling with these day-to-day decisions that don't seem like that big a deal but internally they do at times and sure and and at the same time they showed him as smart and insightful too and I, and, and I thought that yeah like I said before the development of him was good just like these little things like you know at the end you see him at this party and they show him multiple times drinking beer and mm just from the start of the film like where he's at another party that he doesn't drink beer so i knew straight away something bad's gonna happen here and i, I just really mm. appreciated that and i thought um yeah that, that was really well done yeah cool i'm glad that you that you think that way because i i kind of had issues with with alex and and not in the sense anything that you said because i think i think you bang on with all that to be honest i i found it and this is probably where i'm going to unfairly compare it to love simon which I thought it was was an incredible film. Um, that one really, really got to me, and I think a lot of the reasons why I was again, I'm unfairly comparing it is because things were different, right? So I found it, it interesting, and, and and maybe you didn't get this same take that they didn't necessarily or didn't overly internalize Alex as a character. Like I got the feeling that Alex didn't know he was gay, and when he met Elliot, it was kind of like 
oh, what's this feeling? Um, but then later on, it goes through those moments of him when he was younger, kind of knowing all along. And I, I'm not disputing that's how it might feel sometimes, but I don't know if that worked for me because I felt this weird disconnection with the character. So I kind of I miss those internal battles that he would have been going through because I felt like I was watching him as opposed to sort of being on the journey with him because um, we only saw the external ramifications of everything. Um, and I, I felt I, I found that to be a little bit tricky to, to get really in on him as opposed to with, and again, sorry for comparing it, with, with Simon in Love, Simon. You're literally, like, there's probably not a scene in that movie that he's not in and you are with him when he's on his own and you're learning with him and you are you understand everything that he goes through. I think he writes letters or sends sends messages to people. And so you understand his deepest and darkest feelings and you know the battle he's going on. And I didn't I didn't go on that journey with Alex and that that probably just made me feel a little bit disconnected in that sense. So um, and, it might be an unfair that, criticism, but it's, it's, it's just kind of how I felt with him. No, and I, like, I think you've explained it perfectly well because that I think that's probably why I was on board was because I didn't I, I was on board with him straight away because I was I was appreciating all these little developments rather than the mm. you know the the because I because I picked up on that earlier then I was happy to follow him along and you know that those scenes at the end where you saw his childhood they they really got me because I wasn't prepared to see that on the screen because I you know I, I had this sort of internal like understanding of where he was going already so um but yet, so that completely makes sense to me because you know if you if you're not understanding him from the start or wanting or like a feeling or a, I don't know even just getting those mm. those vibes that sort of stood out to me then it's going to be really tricky to, when they do those shots at the end because you're just like oh this feels a bit too much almost or no it just um, felt yeah it, I, I know what you're saying it, it just felt forced that it was like oh no I did know all along when when what I was seeing was a guy who had no idea and and I'm all not suggesting in any way that that is not how it feels I can totally sympathize with the fact that this confusion is is so real and, and I think he's done a pretty good job at conveying that confusion but as an audience member I'm like hang on this is a guy who I feel like had no idea that he was gay then all of a sudden he met a guy and thought oh I don't mind this and now he looks back and goes oh yeah I was always gay and it's not that clear cut I'm not even suggesting that for a second but that's kind of where I felt I wasn't with him because I was I was so it, it was all just external stuff that I was watching as opposed to being there with. So I I, I completely I completely understand what you're saying and I, and I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I think I, I just yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, wasn't there. All right. Who's, who do you want to talk about next? Um. Uh, I, I'm gonna, let's go with Claire. Um. And not that I have a heap to say about her because I don't I don't really know what to make of her. Um. I don't know whether she was oblivious to this side of, of Alex um, and, and was there like a normality to their relationship that we didn't see that could have made her kind of overlook this um, be, because, it, you know, the, the signs were clearly there from his actions and, you know, you've got a 17, 18-year-old boy who's, whenever they were sexual in anything that I saw, it was like, well, clearly something is not right with it and, you know, you can put it down to nerves only so long but... On the flip side of Claire, I did really enjoy seeing the other side of the ledger um, and the impact that the news of him being homosexual actually had on more than just him uh, yeah. and why that would weigh down him and, and, and suppress that that emotion because he genuinely cared. I, I have no doubt that he loved Claire and he cared for Claire. Um, they're just As soon as it got to the bedroom, he's like, hang on, no, this is not something that I want to do. So I, I, I like the fact that she was there to, to show that side of it. 
yeah, I, I, I've enjoyed that. Um, I, I thought that they did a really good job of making her this sort of understanding person who was, was super caring um, and, and super understanding. And I, I was a little bit angry with her at, at the end though, because I, I wanted her to be more angry about what she'd been through with him. Um, sure. But then I sort of reflected on a little bit and I thought, look, I don't, I, I didn't really need, like, you don't need that because we didn't need her to be angry at him. We needed her to, to be accepting and she could, mm. she would have gone through her own internal sort of thing. So at the end I, I was kind of really happy with the way that, that she dealt with the thing. And, and like you were talking about before, I've, I, I, based on how they developed Alex, I completely believed that he was just, you know, a stress head and, and just freaking out about this whole experience throughout the whole thing. So, um, and, and the way that she knew and understood him, I felt like that, that's probably why she was so blindsided. Um, mm. and that, but that's just me sort of, yeah, that, that was, I don't know. I, I was really into this. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I, I, was, I was really into it. For what it's worth, and I'm, I'm going to, I'm cutting into probably my favorite scene of the film by saying this, but I think it's relevant that the scene where they're in the car and talking through it and they're both sort of bawling their eyes out. I think that that's enough for me to, to, to see Claire's side of it. And cause she was, she starts off that, that scene pretty angry, um, but she's a good enough person to understand that this is bigger than I'm sorry that we had to break up and I didn't mean to be living a lie. Like th- there's more to it, and and I think that kind of was was enough for me, and it was that was an excellent scene, um, yeah. and you, you you understood, you know, because she she would have heard, and even the way, the fact that she goes to her mum afterwards and doesn't say anything and just starts crying, like there, there's enough there that I didn't you didn't need to be angry as much as she was just like something ripped out of her really yep good okay who, who do you want to say next who have we got next uh elliot good all right what have you got to say about elliot <laughs> well i look first things first i want to say i thought it was a, a really charismatic performance from antonio marzial um i thought he was great I, i've never seen him before uh i don't think he's been in too much from what i can gather but um this was this was such a tricky role right because Elliot's got to be a not look like this kind of home wrecker that comes in and and steals steals the show from from Claire and you know he he he's he's quite gentle in his prodding of of Alex and he's not pushing him to do or say anything but he he suspects something straight away and he kind of probably having gone through similar emotions himself navigates it really nicely to sort of just question him and make him think a certain way and go, yeah, have you thought about this? Are you sure you're not like this? And without actually doing it. And I thought he did all that really well. I thought he was really likable when he could have come across the wrong way. If they had got this character wrong, this movie changes a lot. Um, because as an audience, you have to be on board with Elliot. And that's really tricky to get right. So I thought it was an awesome performance. Um, and yeah, I just, I just think he was a really likable character in what could have gone really wrong. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you're saying. I, I, I wanted him to be more of a babe, like that guy from the kissing booth. That was that was my one <laughs> criticism. I, I, just wanted, I wanted him to be like the guy from the kissing booth. That would that would have like given made this a five star film for me. Um, I thought he yeah, was. I thought I, he was. He was handsome enough. Oh yeah, no, no. I'm not saying he wasn't. I was just like, you know, I just that was just me personally. Yeah, that was, the guy from the kissing booth was like a six foot six Adonis <laughs> with muscles on muscles. Yeah, he, he was a yeah. dream boat. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Anyway, so that yeah, I completely agree. Um, I'm going to move into Dell because Dell oh, yeah. Dell Alex's best mate. I thought this guy was hilarious. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought he was a, a great friend in the way that he dealt with Alex, and I I think that 
you know, even though he was sort of the 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 joker of the the film mm. or the one that always played the practical jokes, it was nice that you still got to see that um, the side of him that he, he could get hurt as well, um, and he had mm. feelings, and you know, he still got those emotions, even though you know he wants to be the funny one. So I, I really liked him as a character. Yeah, I don't think I could have said that much better myself because the ca- character really worked for me as well, and I mean, not just necessarily the fact that he was the immature sidekick like the other two were like we do spend enough time with him to to understand him more and his desires more and i mean he plays that supportive best friend role i could argue that alex didn't really have any friends that were that close because there's this weird dynamic that he has with his friendship group i think del was as close as there was and he acted appropriately when he needed to this is something that kind of bothered me the whole time is that you know there's that <laughs> that scene the at the start when they're like, "Oh, hey, uh, where's the weirdest place you guys have had sex?" Yeah. If you're his best friend, yeah, I know they were useless. <laughs> were they? If you're his best friend, you know that these two haven't had sex. There's so many things that this friendship group says and does that's like, "This is not your best friend." But then I don't know who his best friends are. I just feel like he just doesn't have many close friends. Which I don't know. It was a bit weird. The, the whole friendship dynamic thing didn't really work for me. Um, but I, I love Del. I love Del. I'll get you. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, just on the, the flip side, I guess, you've got the, the Sophie, um, who's uh-huh. uh, Sophie's best mate. And yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't a fan of her because to me, like, you can't just have her change, or, like, just at the end of the film because, like, I mean, I yeah, she wasn't that important anyway. So it didn't really Jesse, she kept that photo all, the whole time. Yeah, I know, but that, that's rubbish. You get it, yeah, anyway, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Maybe she really cared for Dell all along, but she was just as shy as he was. Well, he actually wasn't shy. Maybe she was just no, too shy to do anything about it. Or the social the social status of dating Dell wasn't good enough. Yeah, you've always got a good explanation. I, like <laughs> just the, I wasn't thinking too much about Sophie Hicks before you mentioned it, I'll be honest. <laughs> have, you got, have you got any other characters? I, I haven't. No, I don't think there's much more that's, that's worth uh, digging into. I think I just want to have a quick chat about Craig Johnson, who mm. we mentioned earlier. Um, I th- this is this is um his fourth directing feature mm-hmm. and he also directed an episode of looking um which is was a hbo uh show which i've recommended at some stage over our 90 episodes um, okay. before um and you know like you've mentioned in at the start like he's he's openly gay and this is where i want to bring up letterboxd because this this really mm-hmm. frustrated me and a oh, lot yeah. of the criticism on letterboxd i went through the reviews because i was like i want to read why this has only got a 2.7 or whatever it was and yep a lot of the criticism on letterbox were all these people being like, Oh, why did they let a, a straight white guy um, direct this? Oh, this is ridiculous. No. And so to me, this, this was sort of making me think, okay, letterbox isn't as, as like, it was frustrating me because I was like, there's all these people that are just writing complete rubbish. who obviously didn't even look into the guy who directed it or the story behind mm. it because the criticisms of it were like, you know, oh, why did you, why couldn't you just have left him as a bisexual and not as a gay? Like, why did he have to turn into a gay guy? And like the criticism on there to me was like watching, you know, a, a young bunch of kids just very interesting write abusive comments, and and that really frustrated me. So um, that well, was maybe just, I've that given the Letterbox like, family too much credit. Yeah, so I, that that was, that that was just um, me, but I, I I'm, I'm the same as you. I you know respect Letterbox. I've mentioned like my wife will watch stuff with me if it's like over a three mm. on Letterbox because generally Letterbox <laughs> is on on track, but. Um, for this one, like a lot of the stuff that was written as reviews for um, this film was, yeah, really frustrated me. There you go. Well, I don't, you know, I don't write reviews on Letterbox, so maybe the, <laughs> the the positive Letterbox audience are the ones who are just logging, giving it a rating, 
and moving yeah. on to the next one. That's, and that's I mean, any any time someone's got the opportunity to type something, you'll find your keyboard warriors out there. So, uh, I I like to try and write a comment on most of the films, but I'm I'm trying not to be too um, negative. Yeah. Um, about or if I am going to write something negative, I make sure that I've looked into whatever I'm writing about to make sure that I'm writing what I'm writing is correct. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I don't want to go out on a limb and get that wrong, but I can yeah. understand maybe if you are homosexual watching this film and the story itself doesn't resonate with your own story that you mm. would jump to conclusions and go, well, this is absolute rubbish. Like, why would someone write this and make this film who doesn't know what they're talking about? Yeah. But like, you know, everyone's story is different. So I think, and I that's like, exactly think, right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, Craig Johnson to... also was the writer and director of The Skeleton Twins, which was a semi-big film back in 2014 with Bill Hader and yeah. Kristen Wiig. And he won a screenwriting award at Sundance for that film. So he's doing all I right, Craig have Johnson. You, have you seen that? I haven't seen that. I haven't seen it, no. no I'd like no. to, though. I remember when it came yeah. out. Yeah, I might have to add it to our watch list. Maybe we should. <laughs> <laughs> all right, time, time to check out some scenes, I think. I think we're mm-hmm. ready for that moment where we, we discussed some things that we liked about the film. So what are some things that you enjoyed MJ? Okay. Um, first thing I really liked was, was Dell's trip that he had after licking that frog. Um, <laughs> I, I thought it was, I thought it was really funny. Um, I thought it felt kind of real the way that it slowly progressed and, um, you know, memorable in the sense that it ended with him throwing up gummy bears everywhere. It was it was a funny scene, <laughs> simple as I, that. I, that. That whole sequence with him was just like absolutely hilarious. From the you know that singing hose that just popped up out of nowhere. And yeah, I, that I, was pretty funny. <laughs> and and then you know they're playing that drama ball. Yeah, like, yeah. Just, a big ball of fire, and then the frog talks to him, and then yeah, the the gummy um, worms in the pantry, and then the vomit. Like it was just. Like, yeah, I thought that whole sequence was hilarious. So I agree. The throwing the, the drama ball thing was good when they're just like, wow, this guy's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was acting. Crashes into the drum kit. It was, I thought that was really, really funny. <laughs> um, I liked the scene with Elliot and Alex after the concert. Uh, I think I having dinner or something, having a drink. I, I liked the fact that Elliot kind of subtly called him out um, while Alex was exploring it all internally that we weren't really a part of, but you could see he was, he was exploring it. And I think as an audience, that was when I was first at a point where I, okay, I'm assuming this guy's gay and we're going to, we're going to watch him figure it all out. Um, but that scene made me really like Elliot as well. So yeah, I, I, I like to the end of that conversation and that scene where, you know, he calls him a dork and I'm in my head, I'm like, ah, dork's a whale's penis. And then the next line was, uh, you're calling me a whale's penis. I was, I was like, ah, that's amazing. Yeah, so yeah. that's why you like this film because yeah. you are yeah. Alex. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm happily married, but um, I, I, I did, I did think Alex was an amazing character. So yeah, anyway, yeah, keep going. You, Sorry. Do, you, do you have more nature facts like that? Or you just know that a dog's a whale's penis? No, nah, I just knew that a dog was a whale's penis. I don't know why, <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, all right well the next thing i like as insensitive as it kind of was when alex was telling del that he was bi and then del was just basically shooting him down but i like the fact that it it proved a good point around the confusion about this stuff as a high schooler uh you know you you, there's there's 15 different things that you think you might be and that confusion that alex is like oh yeah you know what maybe i'm not maybe i'm just nervous about having sex and it all kind of made sense to me and it sort of had that relatable humor with the ever evolving LGBTQT sort of world and things that are changing so much. And I found it a little bit funny, but I also think that there was a home truth there that there'd be a ton of high schoolers that are probably, you know, going through all that in their own head right now. And 
you know, where do I fit in? So it was, I, it was, it was a good scene. I, mean, I think this is the same scene where he like says, you know, do you jerk off to Panic at the Disco? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Sure it's also I'm, the, yeah, yeah. it's also the scene where he got his dick out. I forgot about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. And he's like, do you look at vampires while you do it? And then he gets it. Like yeah. that was so funny. I thought that was great. That was good. You, I've got all the ones you've got so far. This is good. Ah, uh, good. I'm glad. Um, I mentioned this earlier, but I, I like the rawness of that scene in the car where they're both going through all the most. Sorry, once he's found out that he's, he's told her that he's gay, they've, he said he likes someone else. He told her that he's gay. They're going through all the emotions, all the questions. Um, I, I kind of didn't love how it ended with, do you still want to go to prom? Like, because <laughs> I think that that scene was really doing something like as a cleansing and, and moving on and coming out for, for both of them. But um, I thought it was a really good scene regardless. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that scene too. I, I, that, that was an emotional scene for me. And, you know, I just liked the lines, like, you know, even though this, this tough situation is like, I did meet the right girl and I'm scared mm. of losing you. Like that was just, to me, that just got me. That was really good. Really yeah, good. that's it. And you don't, as I said, you don't doubt that he loves her and um, there's just, there's just more complications to it. But um, yeah. the final scene that I've got, sorry, my dog is scratching at the door. Do you want to come in, mate? Um <laughs> Final scene that I've got. I just thought that that final, very final, final, final scene post movie, the powerful ending with everyone coming out story on YouTube. Um, I thought that was a really nice touch because it, this is what the film's about, and and there's people that this film's going to speak to that aren't going to be doing those things and won't have the, you know, won't have the balls to come out and do it, and then just showing like this is this is normal. This is what people are doing. So um, yeah, that was really good, really nice touch. And apparently that was written in the very initial script. 10 years ago oh, wow. and and they decided to keep it in there and i can imagine how that would have been a tough decision but i think it worked perfectly yeah i think that was excellent too oh good well if, i don't know if this happened but every scene you had i had as well uh that was that was good uh that's great i do have i do have a few more though i imagine uh, you would i had yeah I had, a, I had a big list for this one um just <laughs> things that got got me laughing i guess uh that i, I want to have a chat about so <laughs> the first thing that got me like in like a bit of a giggle was at the start when um claire and alex sort of first meet and they're they're in this class and it's a video production class and the teacher's going on about how expensive the equipment is and you know you break it you pay for it and i was just like i have done that so many times i, just thought that was, <laughs> I was gonna like, say that's a weird <laughs> thing to like <laughs> i just i was just like oh this this just reminds like it, it was realistic to me i was like that was great um and then you know in that same sort of scene where like you know he sits sitting next to claire and you know she's drawing the octopus or whatever and yeah, he literally out loud says, I want you. And I just had, I just laughed. I was like, that was so funny. And he's like, I want you to be my video production partner. I thought that was really good. So this um, is so- when you know a film has really struck a chord with you. When when these mm-hmm. little things happen and you, you laugh, you're all in on this character. And you can tell, oh, and this is 10 minutes into the film and you're, you're all in on him. Yeah, and and you know the they make a joke about Carrie um, from you know, oh, Stephen yeah. King Carrie, and then you know the the quick cut and shows them dressed up as them, mm. you know for the for the the prom or whatever it was, and I was like that was that was great. It was just it was just nice. Like um, it was pretty good. And then there's another scene with Alex daydreaming in his science class, and you know I've written my things. I'm like, oh, don't blame him. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then um, you know, and then he's got this vision of the teacher like saying, "You're gonna have hot, sweaty sex." And then he asks, "Nothing." And I, was, I just, I, was, uh, I had me in stitches. Like seriously, like I just, I, I was just enjoying this film. I was just right into it. And um, that teacher was well cast for that, actually. Yeah, and this is a sort of a lead on to one of the scenes you spoke about before where Alex and Elliot go to this gig together. And there was just this nice little pause where they're there and they're dancing and they're singing. And then the camera just focuses on the, these, these two guys together. And it was just like, you were Alex's eyes 
looking at those two guys, just sort of reflecting, going, oh, you know, that that's, you know, that that could be me sort of thing. I, I really mm. appreciated that. I thought that was good. There was um, an interesting um, quote from Craig Johnson about that, and he went to Amika. Remember Amika, a singer? He used to sing, like, Love Today. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I could be brown. I could be blue. Yeah, Grace Kelly song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one, yeah. He was at a, a Mika concert in 2008, I think it was, when he first, and that's, that was the inspiration to write the script. And he said he was there, and there were so many high schoolers or teenagers who were just openly gay and comfortable with each other. And, you know, he was sort of nearly a generation above that. And he's like, wow, it's just so liberating to see all this. And that's what gave him the idea of maybe I'll write my story as a as a high schooler and, and condense it into a senior year and that was the inspiration so the scene that he he shot uh the concert was very much like the inspiration for for writing the film so yeah that's a cool story that's that's really yeah. good um i thought you know after alex gets home from that gig and then he has that big fight with claire i just thought the chemistry between the two was really good and Claire mm. played it off like, you know, in that, that really good way of, you know, how disappointed and angry she was and she needed that lift up with her mum being sick. And I, was, I, yeah. I really appreciate that scene as well. He um, was a super then, dick to her. Yeah, he was. He sure was. Yeah. Uh, and then, then the, the <laughs> Claire's at home and like her mum walks in and I just, I just like, I was like, oh, it's Eames from Law and Order. Like her mum, like just that familiar face. <laughs> this is how into this film I was, like a familiar face <laughs> on the screen. I was like, Law and Order, Criminal Intent. Oh, my God, I love you. I was like, oh, I just was having these happy feels. It was just. Uh, I, Are I, you a Law and Order fan? Uh, yeah, I used to. Oh, mate, uh, Criminal Intent was my favorite Law and Order. Um, is that right? I love, loved Criminal Intent. Um, and my wife, um, big fan of SVU. So we've watched quite a lot of Law and Order. Over I there. always saw Law and Order as one of those shows that people just kind of watch if it's on, but they don't religiously watch it. But there you go. Uh, binge box sets like massively. Uh, really? Um, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, the, in the kitchen, the cereal boxes changing to like the, the logos <laughs> to like gay flakes and heteros and black crunchies. I just thought that was well done. That was a nice little. Heteros thing. was clever. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, the, the, the B52 song playing in the car. Um, I was just like, oh, straight away, I was like, oh, it's B-52s and bopping along and just the follow-on, the dance in the bedroom. And as the camera pans around the room, there's just this big moonlight poster on the wall. Um, and I was just like, I just wrote, mm. I was like, I love this scene. Like, I just I just thought it was excellent. Um, and then there, even yeah. his little, yeah, it was really good. Um, <laughs> towards the end when the, the, the boys, you know, they've broken up and the boys are going to this party and then um, his friend just makes this Nambler joke. And I just <laughs> I just thought it was funny because I was like, a oh, Nambler from South Park. It just made me laugh. Um <laughs> Do you know what NAMBLA stands for? No. It's the North American uh, Man Boy Love Association. So it just, <laughs> just, just, just made me laugh. Um, the And then going to the party, at the his friend Blake, he just like yells out, you know, let's get some girl pregnant. I was, or some bitches pregnant. And I was like, oh, I had a laugh. I've laughed oh, so much. Oh, wow. No, that character sucked. Yeah. I've, I had no time for Blake. <laughs> just that one line. Um, yeah. And then, you know, Sophie and Claire come to the party and then they make that joke about Lord of the Rings and what's what the boys are talking about and that's what they're actually doing. That, that was, was actually funny. pretty funny. That yeah, was pretty funny. Well, well, that was funny too. Um, sorry, I've only got a couple to go. The, <laughs> the I liked that scene with Dell in the gutter being upset and then um, calling Sophie out on being, you know, evil and horrible. And mm. um, but yeah, like I said, I wasn't a massive fan of her sort of turning. Um, mm. The pool scene, um, and then you know him going in and having those visions and the horrible things that happened when he was a kid. I just appreciated mm. that. Um, and then Claire crying in her mum's arms after the fallout that that really got me as well. Um, and then finally, like, I just liked at the end, it wasn't fantastic, but Claire knew Alex well enough and respected him well enough that she organized for Elliot to come to that dance. And I just really appreciated that because I was like, 
as hurt as you are, you know what this guy's like and there was no chance of him following this up or doing anything about it. So she was there to sort of guide that. So I enjoyed that too. I, so you are a very fierce note taker when you watch movies. <laughs> yep. How long did it take you to watch this movie? Are you, did you, do you pause and write notes? or no, it didn't, didn't stop it at all. Just, just went, uh, just flowed through. There would have been things where you would have gone like a 10-minute period of just constant writing, judging from the chronological order of those scenes. <laughs> Sorry, I did take a bit of time, but no, I just no, I, I go as I, lo- I go along. I, you know, I'm a bit of a touch typer, so um, just bang it out as I'm watching. It's good. Oh, I like good. it. Um, good. So is there anything that you didn't like in this one? Uh, not too much, but like straight off the bat, I really didn't get into those Savage Kingdom videos that they were shooting around the school. Like, <laughs> I wasn't sure what sort of movie this was going to be, whether it was going to be like an American Pie teen comedy. And then I was like, oh, no, it's like a kiddie, a kiddie teen movie. But then it wasn't quite that either. But those <laughs> Savage Kingdom videos with overlapping them with students, like making out and doing weird shit was just rubbish. <laughs> it didn't work for me. Yeah. Um, I like the way they incorporated those throughout the story to help tell how people were feeling, especially like Claire when she's doing that recording by herself when they've sort of had that fight. But yeah, I, I completely agree though. I did like the animal link. You're right. I did like the animal link, but who the hell's watching those videos? Cause they're getting like millions of hits and I'm like, why, why are people watching this? The only other scene that I had, and, and you actually like this, but um, I, I thought it was really weird that Elliot came to prom. I, I didn't need this to be, and I know in Alex's head, there was the issue of the perception of how it looks, but I kind of didn't want this to be a big public hoo-ha kiss moment. Yeah. Um, I think him coming out was a big was a big moment, and the idea of everyone kind of knew he was gay was big. It didn't sit as well with me that he was just having a big kiss on the dance floor with, with another guy. Like I, I didn't need that necessarily. I think his story was was a little bit more close and and. Um, you know, you're right. Maybe he wouldn't have done anything about it outside of those circumstances but yeah. um watching it i kind of wish they had it just done it in their own time because you know that, there was chemistry with them from the start yeah that's yeah good point I, and just sort of fleshing out on that a little bit i enjoyed that they did they they didn't have the parents really interfere in this in this situation it was all about mm. the kids dealing with it themselves and I, I appreciated that as well i thought that was good um that's a good and I, yeah and the, you know doing that through the school sort of thing sort of helped with that as well i guess um but yeah i agree it was um yeah, possibly didn't have to be done that way. Cool. Well, I yeah, I haven't got anything. So uh, I was going to say from, there couldn't be much left. To... Nah, sorry. <laughs> apart apart from sorry, that, I'm not having a, I'm not having a go at you for writing at all. Uh, so apart from Sophie, like her sort of oh, yeah, her, her arc, yeah. photos. Yeah. Apart from yeah, like keeping those creepy photos from a kid when he yeah that was weird. But that's it. <laughs> they did a pretty good job with that kid looking like the older Dell. Yeah, that was um that was impressive because I was like, oh, that's actually him. I was like, hang on, no, it's not. He's quite young, but yeah. no, well, unless, unless that actor took some photos like that when he was younger, <laughs> photoshopped his head, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Okay, well, uh, we've covered this a lot already, but what was this film saying? What are some messages that it was trying to put out? What have you got, MJ? I oh, look the overarching idea of navigating your own sexuality, and you know, under that umbrella is the idea of dealing with the personal consequences, basically what's in your head versus what the reality of it is and the whole public perception and the idea of hurting people with your decision as well. You know, there's a lot of baggage here that comes with, which is crazy, right? Because if you're, if you're homosexual, you're homosexual, you're born that way. No one did anything wrong for it to happen. It happened. And, um, 
but there's just so much that's got to go through your mind. Like I didn't have to have a, when obviously being heterosexual, you don't have to sit there and tell everyone one day, Hey, you know what? I'm straight. Like, it's crazy to think that you need to, but it's, yeah, it's reality. Yep. They they capture it well. Yeah. The, uh, just following on like exactly what you said, like being this, like non, non, non judgmental and being empathetic and understanding how people are feeling and, and, you know, that whole idea of Alex sort of finding himself as well. Um, but at the same time too, there's there's a lot of like little things about having fun and sort of living in the moment too, and not not getting too angry or upset about what's happening or or, or where you're at. Um, mm. And and the one thing that I really did like about this was reflections. Um, throughout the the whole film, there was a lot of instances where they used like this idea of a reflection, and you know, it sort of started off, um, you know, through the aquarium and through these animals and through their first official date, if you want to mm. call it, and. And you've got the two sort of, you know, staring at the reflection of these animals through through these these glass windows. And then, you know, it follows in with him leaning over the pool, absolutely, you know, drunk. Mm. And, you know, he's having these reflections of his past. And then and then finally, like, you know, in the at the prom at, you know, he's in the bathroom looking in the mirror. Um, and, you know, mm. he nearly blows this one chance with Elliot. And I just liked that they use that 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 mirror or the glass to sort of reflect how he was feeling or what was going on in his life. I thought that was cool. Yeah, it's the idea of his his own perception of himself and 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 how how he feels about himself as opposed to how other people might actually feel about it. Because you know the the moment when they when they kiss on the dance floor, it's just great to see all his mates have these really normal responses. Like it's not like a a it's not a huge deal, and b it's not like a whoa he's kissing a guy. It's just like oh good on you mate, and that's and that's such a nice thing. I'm glad. I probably should have put that in something that I liked because they, they could have overdone it like a big like celebration, but it, it's nice because it shouldn't be right. It's just, it's just like everyone else. Um, yeah. And your and his friends treated him perfectly in that sense. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, what did you take away from this one, MJ? Uh, I feel bad because you liked it so much, but like, <laughs> <laughs> sadly for me, I worry that, that a film like this that deals with such an important question and, and it strives to tell a story that I think should be seen by a lot, if not all teens. To me, it was inherently forgettable. Um, so, so none of it, none of it really stayed with me. And I only watched it two days ago, and I'm still, I'm kind of racking my brain to remember like the specific details of things. And and I think that's just because I lacked a real connection with the main character that I spoke about before. But you know, I worry that in two weeks, let alone two years' time. I'm not going to be able to tell you anything about this film. Yep. That's yeah. And yeah, that's completely, completely fair. Cause if a film doesn't sit with you, then there's no reason for you to. Yeah. And it's not yeah. a film that I dislike. It's just that I watched it and it just, it, it's not sticking in my brain. Like, um, yeah. what about you? Yeah. Like, I'm similar like, you know, the similar release to dear Simon. I remember that film. I enjoyed that film. Um, and, and I thought this film was just as great as that. Like it was well-rounded. It, it was obvious from early on where the story was going to go though. So I, I will say that like, you know, from the, the first conversation, um, w- which we mentioned earlier where, you know, the, his so Alex's so-called friends didn't know that him and Claire hadn't slept together. Mm. And then from that to lead into, you know, oh, are you gay? You know, you haven't slept with your girlfriend, that sort of thing. You, could, you it, was, it was so clear where it was going. So that's probably my one little critique of it, I guess, um, that it was pretty obvious where it was going, but I, I was along for the ride. So I enjoyed it. Yeah, that part of it was fine. Did you know he was like? Did you know enough about the story to know that he was uh, gonna be gay? Or yeah, I read the two line summary on Netflix. Like when you so so did I. But I read the I saw the name Elliot, 
and I thought of like Scrubs, like Elliot's a girl, and I didn't ah. think about it until until we met Elliot, and I was like, oh, okay, that's what that's what we're doing in this film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, IMDb time. Did you jump onto IMDb IMDb to check anything out? Yeah, I did straight away as well. Um, so the guy who plays Dell is named Daniel Zolgahadri. Probably pronouncing that wrong. Sorry, Daniel. Um, but he is in the movie Eighth Grade from I think probably the same year, if not like 2018, 2019. Um, he plays Riley in Eighth Grade, which is a really bad role. He's kind of tries to uh, seduce a girl he doesn't want to be seduced who's younger than him. And um, okay. But I, rem- I remembered him straight away. And if you haven't seen Eighth Grade, it's a really, really powerful film um, directed by Bo Burnham. Um, Really enjoyed okay. it, but he was in that and recognised him straight away. He's got that really familiar face, as you could probably imagine. Good. Well, I'm sure he won't be upset because I'm sure you pronounced his first name right, so that's okay. <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> Good job. Daniel. Um, I I jumped on to look up Alex's friend, the Blake guy, who was pretty much a nothing character, but uh, with the glasses. Yeah, his name's uh, Nick Dodani, and that was a complete miss by me. Hadn't seen him in anything. Haven't he seen just him. Had a really yeah. Face. Yeah, so. He does. If you had a sense, I, yeah, I wouldn't mean surprised if I'd known him for something, but uh, good on him for having a familiar yeah. face there. Yeah, nothing. So I'm, <laughs> I'm getting. We're getting to that time last week where we started recording and I couldn't see anymore. So I should have learned from my lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I was dark. thinking that it is. It does get dark quickly uh, in in Melbourne yeah. this time of year. Yeah, you might have to remind me to turn the lights on uh, next week. So this is the time where we can ask each other some questions. Is there anything that you want to ask me about this one, MJ? We sort of spoke about this, but I don't know if I got your answer. But do you actually think Alex had many close friends? How, how did you feel about the friendship group? I think um, I think Dal was a really good mate of his. And then the yep. other two were sort of just hanger on So him and yeah. Dal were good mates. And then obviously a lot of his time was committed to Claire, I think. And, and that's probably where... It felt that out. way, didn't it? Yeah. yeah, but obviously, like he, he was voted like that captain or whatever it was too. So he, he yeah, kind of class president. As, yeah, as to I don't know he obviously had. Well, it was of- sorry, it wasn't that he like people didn't like him. I just was like, I, I'm not buying these friendships mm-hmm. of yours. I feel like you, you you're not putting enough in or getting enough out or whatever it is. Those friendships didn't quite feel real or good enough to me. But hmm. um, I agree that Dell Dell performed the duties of a best friend when when required. Yep. Good. All right. Anything else? Um, did Alex get into Columbus? No. Is that the school he was trying to get into? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, nah, I don't think so. I don't think he did. But I thought he was like super smart and could have got into Yale. Well, it was either that or he was really upset about getting in because he didn't want to go with Claire anymore. Well, that's the thing. I got the vibe that he got in, but it didn't yeah. matter because the reason he was going there was because of Claire. Claire. Yeah. Mm. But I kind of didn't, didn't mind that they left that unresolved. Yeah. No, no. That's a good one. I like that question. Thanks. Good. My turn. Your turn. All right. Uh, well, the, I think I know what you're going to say to this one already because I was <laughs> I was hoping you were going to enjoy this a bit more. But um, I, I like reading reviews on uh, Roger Ebert's website. Obviously, um, oh, yeah. Roger Roger's passed, but um, they yeah. have um people that write reviews, and this they is do, the yeah. opening. Yeah, this, they do. This is this is the opening line for one of the reviews um that they had on their thing. So they said, if you enjoyed Netflix original films such as The Kissing Booth, Dude, and Candy Jar you're more than prepared to like Alex Strangelove. Mm. Now, to me, I was like, this is this is going to be way above anyone who enjoyed those films. I was like, that statement's not true. You've got to be more sophisticated and educated to like this film than those ones. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it, it, it's, it's a pretty crappy comment <laughs> because they're very different. Like, 
Yeah. For what it's worth, I didn't like the kissing booth. I didn't really like Dude. Uh, Candy Jar yeah. came home hard. Like it was, it wasn't yeah. a bad film in the end. Um, but they were really. I can, Candy Jar. I can see some similarities to this one in Candy Jar. I can. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the other two aren't really got anything to do with this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, that was just me being random. I just I was like, uh, that sort of quote confused me, considering how you know well endowed we are into these um, Netflix films. Um, yeah, that true. Was- Wrong, wrong word to use, I think. Endowed is not the right <laughs> word. Um, last one. <laughs> another homecoming on film, MJ. Another Netflix film that's got like a homecoming or a uh, prom, you know, yeah. prom or whatever they are. Like, oh. Are at, le- gonna- at least this one wasn't unclear about who can actually go. I feel like we've had three movies that like everyone in the school goes to them. It doesn't matter what age you are. Like it, they confused the hell out of me. This one, was, this one was a little bit more straightforward at least. Really, Elliot was allowed to go. Like I, I wasn't. Was yeah, but he, was he was he like invited or was he just like, you know, shunned in? I don't know. But you, you can invite dates from other schools. I'm okay with that. But like, there's one where the, they made a big point about these two people with different ages. Yeah. Uh, in it was dude, it was dude because you know she was grooming this guy for the role, and then he was at the prom that she was at. Like that's that's where it confused me. Mm. All right, I, I think we're ready to wrap this one up. We've, I think we've had a good show. Yeah. The tools. We've, um, we've been doing all right. So we give our films a rating out of five. So MJ, what are you going to give um, this one out of five on the Flix Forum? Yeah, for me, I think I've sort of said this all before, but it was it was a really important story. It had some nice poignant moments. It just sadly failed to build a real connection with me. And the main character just felt too distant. Um, and I was kind of watching his story rather than being taken along for the ride. So it's it's two and a half stars for me. Okay, very nice. Um, well, yeah, I think we can probably work out. I'm a little <laughs> bit different with this one. So um, I, I love this film. Um, I haven't seen a movie that's sort of given me like those feelings like this one in a long time. And I haven't seen a Netflix film, that's for sure, that made me laugh or smile as much of this one as this one did. Um, I thought the cast were excellent. I thought it was perfectly done. And um, it just made you know, me feel happier to me. I was like thinking this is like a modern Ferris Bueller's day off. And I know I'll probably Oof. whack. Yeah. I know. I know Ferris is like one of those films that people have highly regarded, but to me, um, yeah, it's yeah, excellent. So I'm giving it a four out of five. Yeah. Um, mate, you can, you can call it whatever high. you want to call it, mate. It's your, it's your take. Yeah, so I think that gives us an average of a 3.25, um, out of five on Flix forum. So, so yeah. did you prefer this to love Simon? Horrible question. I know, but if you could pick I, one, like I haven't seen Love Simon since it was out at the cinema, so I, I remember that I really, really it wasn't enjoyed that long it. ago. <laughs> it was like three years ago, if that. Was it? I thought it felt like a lot longer than that. Oh, maybe, maybe it was a bit longer. But oh yeah. no, it wasn't. Yeah, it probably wasn't. Yeah, you're probably about right. About two years, three years. Um, but yeah, no, I I, I enjoyed them both. So I, I think I'd have to rewatch Love Simon to work out what I'd sure. give it. But um, yeah, I think they're both both good good films. Mm. All right, so we're on social media. We have we Twitter, are. we have Facebook, we have Instagram. We're, we're active on there, so please give us a follow if you can. Question of the week this week was, um, can you name any B-52 songs other than Love Shack? <laughs> mm. just, yeah. Okay. So, you know, Craig Johnson also was working on a B-52s documentary. Doesn't, you've got all these good facts about him that he's sort of in, intertwined into this film. Yeah, it, it's been things I'm like, do I bring it up? No, I won't bring it up. And then when the right thing comes up, it's like, well, yeah, it becomes correct. really relevant. Well done. Um, I don't know. That, when I re- read the interview with him, it was probably a couple of years ago. So I wonder if he's actually done anything about it. I haven't seen it. But, yeah. The only um, um, other one. I he's a huge fan. 
rock lobster. You know, rock lobster. <laughs> is that B52s? Is it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just I'm trying to think of my old iTunes days. I'm sure I've seen a few B52s on the old family computer back in the day, but uh, I can't yeah. think of nothing comes to mind. All right. Well, we're back again next week. We, we have are. another film. This one, um, when I just had a look to see what it was to sort of get the cast and stuff, this one sounds really, really interesting. Um, it's a 2018 Indian anthology film. So it, it's anthology. called Lust. Yeah, it's called Lust Stories. And it's um, directed by and it stars an ensemble creative team and cast. So I think it's got mm. four different stories, four different directors. But this is actually the second film in a trilogy. Um, oh, so oh. yeah. So I, I wanted to bring that up cause I, I, I don't know. I wanted to decide to, do I need to watch the first one? So they're obviously the, the stories all are completely different. They don't, um, yeah, yeah. Don't think, yeah. But so the, the, the first one is on Netflix. It's not a Netflix original. Um, the second one obviously is lost stories, which we're going to look at next week. And the third one is a Netflix original, which was released at the start of 2020, um, called ghost stories. Which I think ah. we spoke possibly, yeah, which we know about. So oh, yeah, um, I know that name. Yeah. So this is so this is the the second of that trilogy. So I need to decide and whether I'm going to watch the first one before I watch that. But yeah, that's have you got that? Have you got the name of the first one? Because obviously it's uh, we're talking about lust uh, and ghosts. And... Yeah, I think it's Bombay something. I can't remember what the word is. Um, okay. Yeah. So it's either Bombay or Mumbai. It's I think it's Bombay. Sorry, that's really I'm intrigued. I am so, yeah, intrigued so, by this now. Yeah, so lust stories next week. So that's what we've got. So um, sounds a bit to, sexy too. A bit over two hours too. So we've got a bit of watching to do this week. All right, I won't watch cool. both. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a great chat as usual. It has. My dogs are starting to go crazy. I don't know if you can hear them. Yeah, I was going to say say hey, hey to the dogs for me. <laughs> they, they must be watching movies. <laughs> Good and um, yeah, well, I'll see you again next week. I'm looking forward to it, mate. Take it easy. <laughs>